Foy at third, Petroselli at short, Andrews at second, Dalton Jones playing first base, Russ Gibson doing the catching. There's the windup by the tall left-hander, and the pitch is inside ball four. So Trish draws a walk, and the Yankees have a base runner. And let's see the reaction to Madison Jones. Not everybody up. But of around 30,000 in the ballpark, I'd say 15, 18, perhaps 20,000 up on their feet. And now as you look to the outfield, they're all up. The first pitch to Mickey Mantle. He takes a strike. Shoulder high, got the outside corner. Mantle hitting 239. Frank, exactly 20 years ago, same... Final three days of the season, Joe DiMaggio got an ovation here that lasted 10 minutes, and I believe we'll see the same thing on Sunday when it gets down to the wire with Mickey. Jones holding against Trash at first. The pitch to Mantle. High fly ball is hit out of the right field. Ken Harrelson moving to the glove side, his left. He's under it, makes the one-hand grab. Mantle is retired. Trash moves back to first base, and the batter will be Roy White. White, the Yankees' leading hitter this year, has been all season long, batting 268. He would like to climb up past the 270 mark again. White recently in a bit of a slump. He has 152 hits for the year, 17 home runs, 60 runs batted in, hitting right-handed against Ellsworth. Thresh is short lead at first. Ellsworth deals. White fouls it back over the roof on the right side. Ellsworth is a big man. He's 6'4", 195. Lomborg almost having a lost year and Santiago the same way. It has been Ellsworth and Culp who have picked up the Boston Red Sox pitching staff and are mainly responsible for having the Red Sox as high as they are. The look to first. And the pitch. Outside. Roy White makes the count one ball, one strike. The Red Sox a half game ahead of Cleveland. Boston in third place. The Cleveland Indians play their final game of the season tonight against the Orioles in Baltimore. Ellsworth's pitch. Breaking ball low outside. Makes it two balls and one strike on Roy White. Fresh again. Short lead at first. Left-hander sets and deals, and he's low inside. Ball three, three and one on Roy White. You're wondering why there's such a big fuss between finishing third and fourth. But you noted today in the papers here, they figured up to about $800 per man. More for third place than for a fourth place finish. One pitch coming. Trash goes. Ground ball hit to the left of Petroselli. Base hit of the center. Trash trying for third. He'll make it. The throw comes back to the shortstop, Petroselli. So Trash running on a 3-1 pitch. And Roy White slams his 153rd hit of the year into center field to put runners at first and third. Frank, in 1954, when the Yankees came in second to the Cleveland Indians and the Indians played the Giants in the series, the Yankees got a winning share of over $1,700. The third place cut 
was roughly around uh, 900, I believe, to 1,000, and the fourth place share around 350 or 400. So there is a big difference when you talk about finishes. And this year, with the two ballparks involved, Detroit and St. Louis, for the World Series, uh, there will be a pretty good gate receipt to be shared by the players over the first four games. Roy White has just broken an 0 for 14 personal streak. Bill Robinson steps in, and he backs away from an inside pitch, ball one. Robinson hitting 236. Robinson has come on strong since the end of July. On July 30th, he was hitting 185. He's raised it now to 236. Pitch to him, strike call, it's one and one. 78 hits for Robinson, six home runs, 37 runs batted in. Fresh at third, White at first, Dalton Jones holding against White, the set by Ellsworth, and the 1-1 pitch, bouncing ball, back over the mound, shortstop Petroselli charges, flips the first base in time. Robinson is thrown out by Petroselli at short, and for the Yankees, no runs, a base hit, no errors, and two men are left. At the end of one half inning, the score, the Yankees nothing, and the Red Sox coming to bat. Well, Jerry, I don't see him in the ballpark, although I'm sure he is here, and I'm referring to Sal Magley, who was the pitching coach for the Boston Red Sox last year. When the season was over. A few words of controversy passed back and forth between uh, Mr. Magley and Mr. Williams. But he's here uh, taking a look at some of these players on behalf of his new ball club, the Seattle Pilots. Frank, uh, I just took a look over the edge of the broadcast booth there, and there they are, all the scouts lined up right behind home plate, and that's where a uh, scout likes to look at a pitcher and a hitter. He likes to watch that low pitch. He likes to watch the ball breaking down, away, and over the plate, and they'll do it right behind home plate. And this is a courtesy, incidentally, extended to all scouts by every major league club. They give them those choice plush box seats right behind the plate as low down as they can get all right, Jerry, I'm glad you spotted him for us. And here is Andrews, the second baseman. Mike Andrews is hitting 270. He's had a fine year for Boston. Six homers, driven in 42 runs, scored 74. Right-hand batter takes high, ball one. Joe Verbanek on the hill for the Yankees. Verbanek with a record of six wins and six losses. Verbanek has an earned run average of 2.90. Been used both as a starter and reliever this year. He delivers a fastball low and outside. The Yankees have Roy White in left, Bill Robinson in center, Andy Costco in right. Around the infield, Bobby Cox at third, Tommy Trash at short, Horace Clark at second, Mickey Mantle at first, and Frank Fernandez catching. Two nothing pitch. Slam deep to left field. It may be off the wall. No, White got it right at the wall. Roy White moving right back to the barrier and left to take the line drive and retire Andrews. The first baseman, Dalton Jones, left-hand hitter, steps in. Jones batting 235, takes a pitch low, ball one. Jones has been up 340 times with 80 base hits. He's had five home runs, 28 runs better in. Drawn quite a bit of acclaim, got his chance to play when George Scott, last year's first baseman, had a real bad year. Strike is called to him. The count is one and one. The Bannock winds, throws. Jones bounces a foul ball past first base coach Bobby Dorff. Eddie Popowski coaches at third.
One out, nobody on. No score. Ball and two strikes to the left-hand hitting Jones. Rubanic leans down for the sign. Winds and deals, and there's the drive to deep right. Back goes Castro, and he's got it on the warning track. Well, I don't know, Frank. I think Rubanic's going to have to keep that ball down or off the center of the plate because those two balls were not hit lightly. They were hit with some force. Here's Carl Yastrzemski. Both of them long drives. Costco went back close to 380 feet to make the catch on that last one. And the pitch to Carl Yastrzemski. Fastball for a strike. Yastrzemski hitting 302 to finish uh, over 300 and become the only 300 hitter in the league. Yastrzemski would have to go roughly... Three for 12, say, in this series. Wind up the pitch to him. Curve, misses. It's a ball, one and one. You basically figure a hitter will come up four times a game. You're averaging it out. And Dyskremski would need three for 12. He takes a ball, two. Two balls and one strike. question but what the Yastrzemski will win the batting championship for the third time in his career. Change up is high. Ball three. Talk about batting crowns. That National League got something going. That Rose and Alou are head to head. I think it's 332 apiece or 334 but whatever it is <laughs> they're knocking heads. 332 is the figure Jerry. That's right. <laughs> they are tied. 3-1 pitch to Yastrzemski. High drive. Deep right field. Costco back. This one is going in. and the Red Sox lead one to nothing. Rich Peterson starts warming up in the Yankee bullpen as Ken Harrelson steps in. Three long shots. Two of them in the ballpark contained, but Yastrzemski is with way out. Harrelson looks at a strike. The Hawk, he likes to be called, batting 272, 35 home runs, 109 runs cut it in. He leads the American League in RBIs. Four ahead of Frank Howard of the Senators. Their recent head-on meeting, neither one of them knocked in a run. Roy White plays him back to the warning track in left field. Out in center field, Bill Robinson shaded to the left side. And the pitch bounces off the hand, the throwing hand, of Frank Fernandez. One ball, one strike. Seats in right field by Yastrzemski. Let's put the Red Sox in front, one to nothing. The windup of the pitch to Harrelson, bouncing foul off the third base side. One ball and two strikes.
Well, just uh, rather Ken Harrelson with the bright white tape identification bands on his wrist. We can't call them sweatbands anymore, Jerry. He's not going to perspire tonight. Not that much. Fifth two on his low outside, two and two. Frank, uh, if you're insinuating that Harrelson is trying to attract some attention, you're absolutely right. <laughs> very colorful young man and a very personable young man to talk to. And he's had quite a year. Chance to lead the league and run, butted in. He takes ball three, long outside. Frank, I uh, firmly believe that's part of his great charm. I mean, he uh, he's totally extroverted. He loves it. He likes to be front center. And nobody uh, questions it or blames him for it. They say, go right ahead, Hawk. You're on your own. He's indicated to me, Jerry, that the Red Sox ball club encourages it. 3-2 pitch. It's low ball four. Harrelson said he's received personal publicity over these things that in turn has become publicity for the ball club that they would not have had otherwise. And a uh, good point was that uh, double picture on Sports Illustrated in the powder blue uh, Nehru outfit. There's another thing going, too. The young people identify with them when they see a ball player in that type of outfit. It may not be the most conservative, but nevertheless, the youngsters of today identify immediately. Reggie Smith, the center fielder, left hand, hit a line for first pitch in the right field, base hit. Harrelson around second on his way to third. Castle after the ball in the corner. Harrelson holds up. At third base is Smith. Slides into second with a double. So the tattooing continues here in the bottom half of the first. Another ball well hit. Solid line drive to right field. Sox now with runners at second and third, and the batter will be Joe Foy, the third baseman. Foy is hitting 227. Ten homers, 58 runs batted in. And the fans one more. There's a five foul coming back, and it will be just out of the reach of Frank Fernandez. Spectator in the second row reached up and grabbed that one as uh, rather heavy set gentleman in the first row threw a pretty good block on Fernandez. Best chance that Frank had to catch the ball was to get there a little sooner. He tried to time the ball and his arrival at the same time, and the seat held him back. Had he been there waiting, he may have had an opportunity to dive in and uh, come up with it, but it would have been a tough one. I don't think that guy would let him come in there, Jerry. He's a little, uh, I think Frank was a little overmatched on that in uh, width, anyway. Mm. All right, the one-strike pitch. Boy, takes it for a strike two call. Breaking ball. Panic slider. with two gone. Harrelson at third. Smith at second. Two strikes on Joe Floyd. Rico Petroselli is on deck. Urbanic wigwag shaking off Fernandez. Gets another sign. Full wind up in the pitch. Get on the ground foul off the third base side. Picked up by Popowski. up here knowing their weather pretty well, came prepared tonight, carrying a sweater and white uh, top coat. 
Good, be cool before the night's over. Two-strike pitch. Fouled at the plate. A few times recently, uh, the Red Sox have been working uh, George Scott at third base in place of Joe Foy. Here's a fellow, Jerry, who's very uh, uh, outspoken in saying if he's traded, he'd like to be traded to the Yankees. Joe Foy. He comes from New York, Frank. It'd be a natural deal if he was traded. Wind up, two-strike pitch to him. Outside, one ball, two strikes. One problem that Joe Foy would have that he doesn't have here, he's got that 402 marker to shoot at at Yankee Stadium, and it's about uh, 3.30 in that same spot here at Fenway Park. One-two pitch to him. Get on the ground, foul again as he sort of chopped at that one. Pitch was up uh, rather high. Count holds at a ball and two strikes. Red Sox are leading one to nothing on Yastrzemski's home run. Harrelson at third. Reggie Smith at second. Two down. And again, the pitch to Foy. Line drive. Eight for the right side. Two runs are scored. Foy stops at first. As Harrelson and Reggie Smith score standing up. It's three to nothing. And Ralph Hopp is on his way out. Jerry, I think uh, Mr. Hopp has seen about enough. Chris definitely, as of this moment, is not a night for Joe Verbanek. Andrews hit a bullet that White ran down in left field, and Jones did the same thing in right field, one that Costco ran down, then the towering home run by Yastrzemski, a walk to Harrelson, a double by Smith, a single by Foy. Three runs across, the Yankees are trailing. Three to nothing, and it looks as though Fritz Peterson will get the nod and come in for Verbanek here in the first inning. As it stands right now, two outs, a runner at first, three runs across. We've had one score in the major leagues, and that was this afternoon. The Cubs beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 4-1. to one. In other action in the American League, Cleveland at Baltimore, Washington at Detroit, Chicago at California, Minnesota at Oakland, and that score will not come in while we're playing tonight. At least I hope it doesn't anyway. They're playing out in California. That's the game the Yankees are watching, the Minnesota-Oakland game, because the Yankees lead the Oakland A's by a single game in that battle for fifth. Another interesting thing that uh, Frank brought up earlier is that the Indians and the Orioles close out their schedules tonight. Cleveland has played one less game than the normal 162-game schedule, and that in itself could be a factor in whether the Indians finish third or the Red Sox finish third. That lost game that will not be made up. That's right, Jerry. The only time, uh, of course, you know, you try to make up every game that is uh, postponed for one reason or another, but the only time that uh, games are made up after the season is over would be games to affect first place. In other words, uh, even though... The other clubs have games left to play. Cleveland will not make up that one game on its schedule once it's uh, scheduled to finish tomorrow. We might mention right now the Indians and the Orioles are scoreless. They're playing in the fourth inning. Baltimore has got second place tucked away. The Indians need this win tonight, and they need help from the Yankees to finish third. 
The Red Sox, as it appears right now, Frank, have all the better of it because they've got the games to play and the games that they can win that'll put them over the top. Red Sox matching number for third, I believe, is two. In other words, any uh, combination of a Cleveland loss or Red Sox, uh, if Cleveland loses tonight, the Red Sox win. They finish third. Boston does. Or if the Boston Red Sox win two of these three games from the Yankees, it doesn't matter what Cleveland does tonight. Ready to go with Tucker Sully. Boy going on the first pitch. He is out at second base. Frank Fernandez throws him out to Horace Clark. But the Red Sox come up with three runs on three hits. There were no Yankee errors and nobody left. At the end of one, the score is Boston three and the Yankees nothing. Andy Costco will lead off the second inning for the Yankees. Costco is hitting 235. He has 107 base hits, 16 doubles, a triple, 14 home runs, 57 runs butted in. Ready to step in against left-hander Dick Ellsworth. The Boston Red Sox leading by a score of three to nothing. There's the ball. It's the left field, and it is off the wall. Costco trying for two. The throw coming to second base. The slide, and he's safe. Costco almost slid too soon, Jerry. He didn't slide too soon. It, yeah, the ground out there made it appear that he did. The same thing happened to Foy when he was thrown out. That would be a, not a heavy turf, but a sticky turf because those ball players are sliding and they're going uh, maybe a foot and a half normally in normal uh, infield areas. You hit and you'll go eight or ten feet, but uh, they're just stopping dead. Costco stopped dead and had to get up and reach his foot out for the bag, but he made it. It's a double for Andy. We're told, speaking of Joe Foy and his uh, theft attempt, he had stolen nine straight bases without being thrown out until that time. All right, Costco on and Fernandez in, and the pitch is in there for a call strike. Frank Fernandez has a batting average of only one city, uh, 160. Nonetheless, with his 21 hits, he has driven in 30 runs. He's had two home runs off Ellsworth, including a grand slammer. He takes this one low inside, and it's a one-ball, one-strike count. Last time Ellsworth pitched against the Yankees at the stadium, he allowed one run on four hits, and the one run was a home run by Fernandez. The grand slam homer was in this ballpark early in the season. 1-1 pitch coming. Curve is low and outside. Two balls and one strike to Fernandez. They play him strictly as a pole hitter. The infield and the outfield, one well around to the left side. A lot of territory down the right field area. 2-1 pitch. Swung on a miss, strike two. Two balls, two strikes. Andy Costco with a leadoff double at second base, taking a good lead. The set by Ellsworth, and the pitch to Fernandez. Inside with a fastball to fill the count, three and two. There's the stretch, the set. Payoff pitch to Fernandez, line to left field, it's going to be in for a base hit. Costco stops at third as Yastrzemski made a good play on that ball. Yastrzemski charged in and to his left. Played that ball well on one hop. And fired back to hold Costco at third. Of course, Jerry uh, Yastrzemski 
Well, he's passing his games in his ballpark, but I don't see how anybody could play that uh, left field any better than Yastrzemski. Well, he's a great outfielder. I don't care whether he's in Fenway Park or Yankee Stadium. He made a great play in the stadium over his head uh, going out toward that auxiliary scoreboard, which is uh, well over 400 feet. One tough thing in Fenway Park, Frank, uh, the right-hand hitters with a man at second base loses several RBIs a year, as Fernandez did with Costco at second base on this one. Normally, that'll score a man. Here's Bobby Cox at the ground ball is short. Maybe two. Petrus Sully to Andrews for one. Back to first double play. Costco scores. But the Red Sox infield comes up with a big double play. Petrus Sully to Andrews to Jones. Just to digress a moment, Frank, uh, the reason it's hard to drive in a man on a ball hit to left field with authority from second base is because the left fielder can play very shallow here. He only has a few steps and he's back to the wall. And therefore, you do lose the RBIs because of it. Fritz Peterson, the batter, swings and misses, strike one. There's no run batted in for Bobby Cox. You do not get a run batted in when you ground into a double play. And... So there are two outs to run across. Three to one ball game, Boston leading. Pitch to Peterson is low. One ball, one strike. One one pitch. Foul. Back. One ball, two strike pitch. Fly ball is hit out in a fairly shallow center. Reggie Smith coming on for it. Makes the catch and the side of the time. Yankees get one run on two hits. There were no errors, nobody left. And at the end of one and a half, the score of the Boston Red Sox, three and the New York Yankees, one. Tipperillo asked the American people what they thought of the world's first menthol cigar. New Tipperillo M with menthol. Now, pardon me, Punchy. I like a great fighter's opinion. How do you think a menthol cigar sounds? A menthol cigar? Oh! Then we got wise and didn't mention our cigar was menthol. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, before before you go, would you like to try this new cigar? If it's free, buddy. Here, let me let me light it for you. You like it? Yeah, I like it. It's great. I like it. You, you really like it? I told you, I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah great, great cigar. It's cool. It's mild. Uh, what did you say it was called again? Well, I guess we'll have to call it the Great Taste. It sounds terrible. New Chipperillo M with menthol. Hey, buddy, were you in a fight? You look terrible. Boston Red Sox will have the lower third of the batting order coming on here in the second inning. Petrosetti, Gibson, the catcher, and uh, the pitcher, Ellsworth. Petrosetti was at the plate when Joe Foy was thrown out trying to steal second on Peterson's first pitch after coming into the ball game in relief of Joe Verbatic. Rico Petrosetti, young man from Brooklyn, hitting 236. Right-hand batter. Chokes up just a bit on the bat handle and takes a pitch low, ball one. Petrosetti is suffering from what has tentatively been diagnosed, I think, as uh, chips or uh, bone chips of some kind in his right elbow. It's a ground ball short and a short. Fresh Robinson has no play. Eric is probably fresh at short. I read one report on Petroselli's arm that uh, the Boston team physician said that 
the location of the problem denies surgery at this time. That the chips would have to move around a little bit before they could be effectively removed. I'm not uh, knowing anything at all about those things. I just go by what I read in the papers. I'm sure the Rico would like to have them out when he can because it's been a chronic thing for the last three or four years. Russ Gibson steps in. It's a high fly ball out in the right center field. Costco is after it. Costco makes the catch. Petroselli tags it first, but goes back as Costco unloads a fine throw into Trash, who is standing on the bag at second. Well, Gibson, first ball hitting, is retired. And now we'll have the pitcher, Dick Ellsworth. Ellsworth has had three hits in 70 at-bats. The story I was reading on Petroselli said that if the uh, chips do not move around... He will just have to take medication and learn to live with them. The position they seem to be now, the, according to the story, surgery would not be effective. Let's see what Ellsworth does. He's a left-hand batter up there to bunt, takes the bat away, and a strike is called over the outside corner. Bobby Cox and Mickey Mantle both charging down toward the plate. Oh, what Mickey said to Fritz Peterson, but they both broke out in big grins. He takes it low this time. One ball and one strike. On deck, Mike Andrews. Ellsworth, 6'4", 195. Crowd set plays pretty well. Holds the bat down on the end. Now squares the bunt. Bunts it down the third base side. Cox kicks the ball, picks it up. Goes to first in time. Third base was left unprotected by Rico Petroselli. He elected not to try to outrun anybody over there. He stopped at second base. Clark took the throw at first. So the play on the sacrifice goes Cox to Clark. Mike Andrews, he lined out to wide and left field his first time up. Takes a breaking pitch over the inside corner for a strike. They had just to our right are a couple of real sweet ball players and one of, one of the finest hitters around, Johnny Pesky, just on the other side of Eddie Pellegrini here, and both of them played shortstop at one time for the Red Sox. Got all kinds of ex-major leaguers around. There's a ball just outside, one and one. strike to Andrews. Hit the ground ball. Fair ball down the third base side. Kicks off the wall. Base hit. Mr. Kelly will score. Andrews digging for second. He's in sliding with the number. One to 
one ball game as the Red Sox score again. Run butted in for Mike Andrews. And now Dalton Jones steps in. The RBI for Andrews is 43rd. Deep to right field that Andy Costco caught back near the fence in the first inning. Facing Peterson for the first time. Curve ball for Stray. Nothing and two on Dalton Jones. Check swing of the ball outside. One and two. Peterson to the set, one-two pitch. Jones takes it low and away again. Two balls and two strikes. Red Sox now showing four runs on four hits. The Yankees one run on three hits. Set by Peterson. Looks back to second, two-two deal. Check swing and a foul tip. Strike three. So the side is retired, but Boston scores one run on one hit. There was the Yankee error and a man left. At the end of two, the score, the Red Sox four, the Yankees one. There's a double celebration this week at the brand new Salisbury of Scotia Chevrolet dealership, and you're invited. We say double because Salisbury is not only celebrating the introduction of the 1969 line of Chevys this Thursday, but the grand opening of their grand new, brand new sales rooms at their new location at the point of Freeman's Bridge Road and Route 50. It's opposite the Schenectady County Airport in Scotia, and it's the Capital District's most modern automobile dealership. Even the auto display floors are fully carpeted from wall to wall. And in the customer's waiting lounge, you can sink deep into comfortable, luxurious sofas and chairs while you're waiting for the world's most competent serviceman to work on your car. Roy Salisbury is out to pamper you and spoil you for any other dealership or deal. So, before you buy any car, come and see the spoiler at the one and only Chevy Marketplace, Salisbury of Scotia. The gala grand opening festivities take place this Thursday at 4 p.m. Pete Williams and David Allen of radio and TV fame will be on hand with a live band and free gifts for everyone. Don't miss it. Right here, the Boston Red Sox are leading 4-1 to one as we go to the third, and Horace Clark will lead off to be followed by Tom Thresh and then Mickey Mantle. Clark on the first pitch of the ball game, flied out to center field. Clark came in batting 226. Ellsworth to the windup and the pitch. Clark takes the strike. Left the bump, took the bat away, and the pitch came across the inside part of the plate. One strike deal, hit on the ground, just foul past third. Boy had no chance for it, had it stayed fair. Just foul as it passed the bag. 
Jerry mentioned earlier, we have a good crowd here at Fenway Park tonight, and we understand they're expecting anywhere from 80 to 100,000 for these three final games of the season. Wind up by Ellsworth, two-strike pitch. Clark takes the fastball inside. Unless uh, Crosley Field in Cincinnati takes the honors, I believe this is the smallest park in the major league, and they're going to go... A million nine hundred and fifty thousand in a park that seats about thirty-two or three thousand. There's a ball two just outside the clock. Two balls and two strikes. Wind up by Ellsworth on the pitch. Line drive, base hit into center field. So Horace Clark is on with a leadoff single here in the third, and the batter will be Tom Trish. They said number four for the Yankees. Fresh drew a walk in the first inning, got as far as third base on Roy White's single to center. Mickey Battle on deck. There's a ball one to Tommy Fresh, batting right handed. Jerry mentioned Crosley Field. Uh, it's listed capacity just under 30,000. 1-0 pitch. Wide out in the center field. Reggie Smith has got a beat on it. Makes the catch. Horace Clark dashes back to first. Fresh hit that ball well, but within range of Reggie Smith. And the batter is Mickey Mantle. Harold Chase and the Boston Globe wrote quite a column about Mickey Mantle today. Paragraph, this may or may not be Mickey Mantle's last weekend ever at Fenway Park, but in case it is, let Boston be properly appreciative. Mickey looks at a curve for a strike. Going back, since Mantle first played at Fenway Park at the age of 19 in 1951, no visiting ball player has caused as much excitement. One strike pitch. Inside, one and one. Slide out to right field, his first time up. One-one delivery, bow back over the roof. Babe Ruth hit 43 home runs at Fenway Park for the Yankees. Mickey Mantle has hit 38 in this ballpark. Just as an aside to that, when Mantle hit him here, right-handed or left-handed, frequently they went off the towers over there, just below those lights, and you know what it takes to reach them. Oh, boy. One-two pitch. Low and inside with a fastball. It's two and two. Two balls, two strikes. One out. Honest block at first. Ellsworth deals, and Mantle takes low inside, ball three. Full count, three and two. Boston is leading by a score of four to one. We're in the top of the third. Ellsworth reads Gibson sign, starts a short stretch, sets at the belt. The pitch, fouled away for the feet on the first base side. 
Dalton Jones gives it a run, but it's well back in the seat. Down holding three and two. Clock, of course, not running. The Yankees trailing by three. Touch of the rosin bag by Ellsworth. Kicks the dirt off the pitching lever. Now he throws in with the left foot. Left hand on his right knee. Has the sign. Starts the move. Three, two pitch to McGee. It's high ball four and Mantle is on. Two pitch to McGee. It's high ball four and Mantle is on. So now with runners at first and second and one out, Roy White steps in. Roy had a single his first time up. Roy leads the club and runs 87, base hits 153, doubles with 20, runs batted in with 60, and stolen bases with 20. Then slightly at the knee is waiting. Ellsworth deals a curve that misses ball one. And activity in the Boston Red Sox bullpen. Juan Pizarro and Dave Moorhead up and throwing. One oh pitch. White takes it outside. Ball two. The ball's a no strike. There's the set, the 2-0 pitch. Foul to the seat over the first base dugout. Pizarro, a left-hander, loosening up in the Boston pen. Red Sox are leading 4-1. to Three-run lead doesn't mean a whole lot in this ballpark. Not this early in the game. 2-1 pitch to Roy White. Line out into right field. Moving over for it is Harrelson. He's got it. And Clark forgot that there was only one out, and he is easily doubled off second. Clark was running, and he was all the way down to third, had no chance to get on, get back. So for the Yankees, no runs, a base hit, no errors, a man left. And at the end of two and a half, the score is Boston four and the Yankees one. Atlantic is giving away sporty new Camaros, luxurious mink jackets, plus thousands of other wonderful prizes, including color TV sets, Polaroid cameras, blenders, wristwatches, and up to $1,000 in cash. How do you get these wonderful prizes? If you play Atlantic on the go, all you have to do is drive into any participating Atlantic station and ask for an on-the-go coupon. No purchase is necessary, and except where prohibited by law, any licensed driver can win. Each time you stop at a participating Atlantic station, pick up another coupon. 
It's as easy as that. Match them up until you find two coupons that make a complete picture, and you're a winner. Sound easy? Well, here's something to make it even easier. Each on-the-go coupon gives you not one, but four different ways to make a match. So start collecting coupons today. Fabulous prizes could be waiting for you at any participating Atlantic station. So play Atlantic on the go. You could be a big winner. Dardis Trumsky will lead off the bottom half of the third for Boston. Yes, Hummer, deep into the right field area. His first time up. It was his 23rd home run of the year. He hit the home run off Joe Verbani. Now he's batting against Peterson. Takes a curve for a strike. Harrelson on deck. Picks the Yaz. Get high in the air out in the right center. Bill Robinson, the center fielder to his left. He's under it. Makes the catch. If Trumpsky has retired, there's one out. It brings up Ken Harrelson, who walked and scored in the first inning. second base. And Harrelson has his first hit of the night. Short single to left. The second hit off Peterson. And base hit number five for the Red Sox. And here is Reggie Smith, who had a double to right field his first time up. Smith swings around now and back right-handed against the southpaw, Fritz Peterson. Right-hand batter is hitting 248. As a left-hander, 269. And overall, 264. He's got a strike, and it's one and one. One ball, one strike. Boston leading four to one. Joe Foy is on deck. Mantle holding against Harrelson at first base. Hawk walks off a short lead. Peterson looking at him. The pitch to the plate. Curve is high. Two balls and a strike on Reggie Smith. Reggie Smith has a six-game history after his first inning double. Peterson kicks and throws, and there's a line foul into the seat for just to the home plate side of the first base dugout. Frank, we were just figuring up with uh, Bill Kane over here, Carl Yastrzemski, in that uh, dash to hit 300. He can go 0 for 7 before he drops below 300, and that uh, means that he can uh, have a pretty good dry spell in these next two and a half games. 
I just figured, Jerry, he needed uh, roughly three hits if he came up 12 times in the series to stay above 300. And Harrelson walked away, the 2-2 pitch. A uh, line drive caught by Clark, throw back to Mantle, double play. Harrelson has doubled off first as Reggie Smith lines out to Horace Clark. For the Red Sox, no runs, a base hit. There were no errors and nobody left on base. And at the end of three, the score, the Red Sox four and the Yankees one. Well, we'll take a brief look at other scores for you while we have just a moment here. And Jerry Coleman gets all set to come in with a play-by-play. At the end of five, the Cleveland Indians lead Baltimore one to nothing. Sam McDowell pitching for Cleveland. Roger Nelson for Baltimore. At the end of one inning, Washington and Detroit are scoreless in Detroit with Joe Coleman pitching for Washington and Joe Sparma for Detroit. Later tonight, White Sox and the Angels at Anaheim and the Twins and the Oakland A's in Oakland. In the National League, the Phillies and the Mets are scoreless at the end of one. James for the Phillies, McAndrew for the Mets. San Francisco did not score in the top of the first at Cincinnati. Bob Bolton against George Culver there. No other scores in. Pittsburgh, uh, or rather the Dodgers and the Braves, no score. Osteen against Reed. And Houston at St. Louis, a later start. And we started to say Pittsburgh and Chicago. They played this afternoon, and uh, the Chicago Cubs won the ball game 4-1. to one. All right, in our game, the Red Sox out in front by a score of 4-1. to one. Boston, four runs, five hits. Yankees, one run, four hits. And to carry you through the middle portion of this game, and, well, right now we've got... Uh, some spectators out on the playing field. They want to go out and shake hands with uh, Ken Harrelson. So while they get back off the field, uh, Jerry Coleman is all set to step in here now and uh, tell you all about it. We're going to turn our microphone over, Jerry, to Phil Rosetta. So go ahead and tell them about it. Okay, Frank, it'll be Bill Robinson, Andy Costco, Frank Fernandez coming on for the Yankees. They're trailing in the ball game 4-1 to one as we go into the fourth inning. Robinson bounced short in the first. The right-hander against the left-handed Ellsworth. A change-up curve is fouled back. The right one. The Yankees. Four base hits. One run. They've made one error. And it cost them Tommy Tresh bobbling Rico Petrocelli's ground ball. He later scored on the double by Mike Andrews. Robinson way out in front of a change-up. Strike two. No balls and two strikes. And it's always nice and pleasant. To have return with us, Philip Francis Rizzuto. Well, Jerry, it's good to be back with you and Frank and the boys. And I heard all the nice things that you and Frank said about my 39th birthday. And well, I hate to see a guy spend his birthday in bed. Uh, a lot better, thank you very much. Sound better. Here's the one-two pitch now to Robbie inside, two and two. Dick Ellsworth, 15 and 7, going for his 16th. He has yet to lose to the Yankees. He's 2 and 0 this year, and that's his lifetime mark. Rabanik started for the Yankees. There's a drive to right field. Waiting for it. Ken Harrelson, he's under. He's got it. Robinson hit the ball well, but lined out to Harrelson and right. Now it's New York Yankee baseball. Let's pause for station identification. This is Jerry Ducey. Stay tuned tonight following Yankee Baseball for my Nightline show here on WGY's Connected. 
Costco doubled and scored the only Yankee run. He unloaded on one dead center field. That's got to be way up there off the wall. Bouncing back into center. And Andy Costco, oh, oh, does he own Dick Ellsworth. A double. Back-to-back doubles for Costco. hit balls here tonight, Jerry, and yet the balls are not carrying because of this heavy air. I thought for a while that ball might reach the center field seats, and that's some poke. That's 400 feet, and it's got a high fence. I'd say at least 20 to 25 feet out there. Here's Frank Fernandez, who singled sharply to left field. That was in the second inning. Fernandez, one for one, facing Dick Ellsworth at second base, Costco, and Frank fouls this one off, strike one. In the fourth inning, Boston four, Yankees one. The big blow tonight, a home run by Carl Yastrzemski. He's one for two, battling to stay over 300, and battling for his third batting crown. Curve ball into dirt. Nice play by Russ Gibson keeping the ball in front of him. Costco stays at second base. Carl Yastrzemski could be the only man in the history of the American League to winning batting titles batting under 300 in the history of either league as far as I know. The 1-1 pitch now to Fernandez. Just outside, curved but missed. Two balls and a strike. Costco at second. Yankees need three quick ones to catch up and four to go ahead. Ellsworth to Fernandez in there. Two balls, two strikes. Flip the fastball by him. Dick Ellsworth is beginning to look more and more like the ex-Yankee great Eddie Lopat. Changing speeds, sort of short arms the ball every now and then, gets you way off balance. Ellsworth to Fernandez, swings and misses strike three. That's the first strikeout for Dick Ellsworth, and a big one. Two down, Costco holding his second base. Bobby Cox coming in. Bobby bounced into a double play in the second. Cox finishing out a fine rookie year, a year that saw him literally fight his way to that third base spot. Fastball is outside. Ball one. Bobby Cox was voted the rookie third baseman. was the top bubblegum all-star team, and that's fairly authentic because that's a vote of the managers and coaches around the league. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Check swing bouncer off the glove of Ellsworth. May go for a base hit, it does. Ellsworth knocked down any chance that Joe Foy had of throwing out Bobby Cox when he tipped the ball. And now Rocky Calavito coming on to bat for Fritz Peterson. Red Talbot warming up in the Yankee bullpen. Costco moving to third base. Runners at first and third. 
Calavito batting for Peterson. Looking down just to the right of the Yankee dugout, we see our president, Michael Burke. And he came forth with an interesting comment that he wants to streamline the game of baseball. Hey, I read that, Jerry, on uh, the way up on the plane this afternoon, and it's uh, quite interesting. And he seems to think he can do it. He is very persuasive. Well, he's got the backing of his general manager, Lee McPhail, and if anybody knows anything about baseball and the inside workings of it, Lee McPhail does. With Mike Burke and Lee McPhail spearheading the drive, we may see some new changes. But I'd like to see that change. How do you like that for a redundant statement? It's like pizza pie. That's being redundant. But that 22nd rule is the one I'd like to see, in effect. Here is Calavito. He takes inside ball one. Runners at first and third. Two outs. So let's discuss that when we have a minute. As soon as there's a lull on the game about that 22nd rule. There's some kicks in it that many fans are not aware of relating to men on or men not on. The 1-0 pitch. Calavito takes it inside. Two balls, no strikes. Boston 4, Yankees 1. Yankees threatening here. One shot right now could bring the Yankees back in this game in a hurry. Fred Talbot throwing in the bullpen. Verbanic started, relieved by Peterson. And now Talbot will be coming on in the fourth. Ellsworth sets, delivers, and Rocky takes a curve. It drops right in there. Two balls and one strike. An off-speed curveball. It wasn't a fast one, not a sharp-breaking curve, just a slow lollipop, as they call it. Two outs. Two balls and a strike. Colavito waiting. Ellsworth delivers. There's one high in the air near the shortstop. Under it, Petroselli waiting. He's got it. The side is retired. For the Yankees, no runs, two hits, two left, and the score after three and a half. Boston leading the Yankees four to one. Variety is the spice of life. Take the variety of spicy new 1968 Chrysler's Plymouth and Imperials from Fred Pepper and Latham, for example. There's still a good selection left. And you'll want to buy from friendly, helpful people who will bend over backwards to make sure you're satisfied in every way. Oh, and while you're there, register for a portable color TV from Ted Pepper. Nothing to buy. Absolutely no obligation. Just submit your entry, and don't forget all those beautiful new 1969 Chryslers, Plymouth, and Imperials are now on display at Ted Pepper. Stop in, browse around, you'll like what you see at the home of Pepperality. That's Ted Pepper in Latham. A few minutes from any major city in the Capital District, and just a couple of minutes off the Northway Exit 5. See Ted Pepper in Latham, Route 9, one mile south of the circle. Your Chrysler Plymouth Imperial dealer with a real spicy new car deal. Well, we've got Fred Talbot coming on, and let's uh, go back a bit, Phil, about that 20-second rule um, and how it's so useful, but in some cases, with men on, it really uh, serves no purpose. Right. Well, I would like to see a change so that it complies equally as well with men on and with nobody on. It would definitely speed up the game. As Jerry was saying, with a man on and uh, the pitcher getting the ball, he can take as much time as he wants. He can take all day. Now, with nobody on, he gets the ball, and he gets on that rubber. He's supposed to have 20 seconds to pitch. I've never even seen that enforced, even though Mr. Finley had that clock out in Kansas City for a while. They never enforced it. 
But I think that would definitely speed up the game here. Phil, the way things are going now with the pitchers dominating, not too many people get on anyway. So. No, that's right. Absolutely. So the pitchers are the ones, actually, who are responsible in most part for the long games. Another thing that is supposed to be on the rules or in effect is that the pinch hitter is supposed to be on deck, and we've seen quite a few examples where they've been in the bullpen. They had to call them out of there. There are all kinds of things uh, that can help speed up the game, but the key, Phil, I think you put your finger on it, is the pitcher. How he pitches and the speed with which he pitches really dictates the speed of the ball game. Huh? All right, we're moving into the bottom of the fourth. There's Joe Foy, who uh, singled the center field and was out trying to steal. That was in the first inning. Foy facing Fred Talbot. Talbot, I'm sure, a Yankee who will happy to see this season go by the board. Fred delivers low, and it's ball one. Talbot, with a record of 1-9, and nine, has a respectable earned run average, though, of 3.28. He's making his 29th appearance of the year. Fred into the windup. Fires inside the boy. Two balls and no strikes. One nice thing about Fred Talbot, and these are things, I think, that measure the man. At no time did he not give everything he had, nor did he not cry as hard as he could, nor did he grumble. I never heard him grumble. Right, he never did gripe. Boy takes low and inside, 3-0. and I've seen pitchers who go 0-3 for the year, and they find 38 reasons why they're 0-3, and they've got everybody else that they're blaming instead of themselves. Here's the 3-0 delivery to Foy. It's in there, strike one. Defense straight away. Outfield, normal depth. Infield the same. First base, Bobby Doerr. Searching for the Red Sox. Eddie Popowski at third. 3-1 pitch to Foy. Inside, ball four. Talbot coming on. Walks the first battery. Faces Joe Foy. Verbanic went a single inning. Gave up three hits and three runs. Peterson went two. He gave up two hits and one run. That run was unearned. And now Fred Talbot coming on in the fourth inning. Boy at first, Petroselli coming in. Petroselli safe on the air by Treshy later scored on the double by Andrews. Rico waiting. Takes it, strike one. Nice to see Petroselli back in the lineup for the Red Sox considered by many to be as good as anybody out there at short. Arm's still a little tender, I understand, Jerry, but he is throwing better than he was early. One strike pitch. Foul back. No ball, two strikes. Joe Foy, who leads both ball clubs in stolen bases, he's got 26. Even though he's batting only 227, he's been stealing a lot of bases, and he was cut down attempting to steal in the first. That was the first time after nine straight thefts. Two-strike pitch on the way. Misses outside. Rico takes it. One ball and two strikes. A packed house. Literally jammed with the exception of a small section in dead center that they keep clear when they can for background purposes. Say there's uh, very close to 30,000 people here tonight, if not even more. 
The one-two pitch to Rico on the ground. And great stop by Cox. I don't think he's going to throw anybody out. The ball gets by Mickey. Drifting over by the Red Sox dugout. Foy around third, challenging Mantle. And Mickey throws the ball home. And Foy goes back to third. Down to second on the air is Petroselli. Giving Petroselli a single and charging Bobby Cox with an air. All the way to third base is Floyd and down to second on the air goes Rico. That happens so often, Chair. A great play, and then there's no need of a throw, but for some reason the reflexes they throw the ball had no chance to get Petroselli. Russ Gibson, the catcher, flied to right in the second. Red Sox are threatening the Yankee infield in tight. They trail by three now. It's a four-to-one game. Swing and a miss by Gibson. Right one. I understand there's uh, a big doghouse out in the bullpen with Elston Howard's name on it, Bill. Yes, I understand. Ellie was uh, griping a little bit and came out in print. But, of course, Dick Williams, nothing new with him. He's got a lot of people in his doghouse. I think you'd feel a little uh, upset and insulted if you didn't make it sometime <laughs> during the season. Strike right in there to get in. No balls and two strikes. Although I will say this, it's hard for me to understand how Elton Howard could get in anybody's dog out. Well, I guess he uh, felt like he was in good shape and wanted a catch, and uh, Williams just wouldn't want to wouldn't catch him. So Ellie, for one of the few times, as you say, popped off. All right, the pitch to Gibson is outside. One ball, two strikes. Runners at second and third, infield in, nobody out. One ball, two strikes to Gibson. Talbot into the lineup, delivers inside, just didn't miss. Two and two. It's rather a coolish evening here in Boston, and yet without any wind blowing, and there's hardly any at all, you, you don't notice it. It's the wind, really, that gets you. At least it does up here when it blows in our face. We're on the roof. Talbot again. The 2-2 pitch to Gibson. Fouls it back. Got a piece of a high fastball. That's the one he likes. The Yankees in that battle for the first division. A club that they'll be watching, and they won't be able to find out much about it, is Oakland. They're playing Minnesota at Oakland tonight. Talbot again to Gibson on the ground. Trish has it. The runners have to hold. Flips over to Mantle. One away. Boy stays at third. Petroselli at second, and that'll bring up the pitcher, and that could be a big out for Fred Talbot. Hitters love the bat with that infield in. The ball is hit fairly good, but a one-hopper directly to Tommy Fresh. The infield stays in because the Yankees now looking for a possible squeeze. Ellsworth sacrificed in the second. Foy moving off third. Cox holding him tight. The pitch by Talbot. Up the middle. 
Into center field, a base hit. One run is in. Here comes Texas Kelly. And Dick Ellsworth helps his own cause with a two-run single. had only three base hits and 71 at-bats until that moment. Now he's got four, and a big one it was. Those are his first RBIs of the year. Six to one. Boston leading the Yankees, bottom of the fourth. The leadoff batter, Mike Andrews, lined to left and doubled to left. Two runs in. Ellsworth at first. One away. Andrews waiting. Talbot sets, delivers. Fastball down the middle. Strike one. A lot of haze and smog covering Boston today. The one strike pitch. Little outside, one ball and one strike. There was a threat of rain, but I believe it disappeared in a hurry when the weather got cool. Talbot sets again, delivers, and Andrews takes low. Two balls and a strike. Tomorrow it'll be Mel Stottlemyre and Jim Lonborg. Stottlemyre, who was 15 and 15 last year, going for his 22nd win and his 20th complete game. And that in itself is a story. 2-1 pitch coming up. Talbot fires, it's low. 3-1. The last Yankee to win 22 was Whitey Ford. He was 24 and 7 and 63. And the last right-hander was Ralph Terry, who was 23 and 12 and 62. The last Yankee pitcher to have 20 complete games was Allie Reynolds in 1952. 16 years ago, he had 24. So Salomeyer reaching out for some big piece of a little credit that he ought to get, and deservedly so. The 3-1 delivery. Oh, down goes Andrews. Almost nailed him. Full count. I... <laughs> ball four. <laughs> I don't know how a knockdown pitch on three and one could be a full count. Well, I tell you, it upset Andrews as much as it did you, Jerry. I think you were worried because uh, he almost got hit and he forgot the count. Thanks, Bill. Honichick had a look at his little indicator to make sure it was ball four. Dalton Jones stepping in, lined to right and struck out. Runners at first and second. One away. The pitch to Jones lined hard and foul on the left side. Six to one Red Sox. The last of the fourth. left-hand batter waiting as Talbot sets one strike pitch change up outside one and one Ellsworth at second 
Andrews at first, and John Cumberland is throwing in the Yankee bullpen. Talbot delivers to Jones. A little low. Two balls, one strike. On deck, Carl Yastrzemski. Talbot delivered, taking his time. Six delivers. There's a foul back. Two balls and two strikes. One thing that Jones wants to do is to stay out of the double play. Of course, he'd like to get a base hit, but the big thing is to stay out of that big double play that'll kill the rally. Talbot ready again now, getting the sign from Fernandez. Delivers again. There's a ground ball to Trish. This could be two to Clark. Back to first in time, and that's exactly what Dalton Jones did not want to do, and he did it. Six, four, three, second double play for the Yankees. For the Red Sox in the bottom of the fourth, two runs on two hits. One Yankee error, one man left. The score after four, Boston six, Yankees one. How would you like to win a new Chevrolet Camaro for up to $1,000 in cash just by playing Atlantic on the go? Great feeling? Oh, you bet. Ask John Farnham of Jordan, New York. Armand Amel of Saranac Lake, New York. Mrs. A. Garessa of Madison, New York. Ernest Schiff of Union, New Jersey. Doris Sweet of Endwell, New York. Isabel Myland of Buffalo. And there are thousands of winners... Thousands of winners of mink jackets, Polaroid cameras, transistor radios, wristwatches, and blenders. Other winners? Stephen T. Maris of Elizabeth, New Jersey. Norman J. Siegfried of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Nelson A. Barber of Willard, New York. There are still thousands of prizes to be won, so play on the go at any participating Atlantic station. Except where prohibited by law, any licensed drivers can play. And you don't have to buy a thing. So play today and join our list of happy winners. Mohawk Chevy's had it. You can have it too. It's our 2,600 pound child of Chevrolet genius. The 69 Chevy. Mohawk Chevy. 740 State Street in Schenectady. In this ballpark though, things can change in a hurry. Frank Crescetti coaching at third. Whitey Ford at first. Ellsworth taking his warm-up tosses. Ellsworth strikes you as a pitcher who has got to take all eight each time and takes his time doing it. Doesn't look like he loosens up in a hurry. Yeah, he's done a lot of pitching this year. Ellsworth sits 195 innings right now. And as we mentioned earlier, in the game. He has a 7-4 and four record here at Fenway Park. If he wins this one, he'll be 8-4. and four. And that's quite a mark for a left-hander at Fenway Park. Ellsworth, 8-3 and three on the road. 7-4 and four right now at Fenway Park with a chance to make it 8. Clark started a bunt, took a curveball high for a ball. Horace Clark is 1-2. for two. 
Tomorrow and Sunday, the final two of 1968. Ellsworth to Clark, low. Two balls, no strikes. See a lot of youngsters here. Young dates, I mean. Not uh, little kids, but... Teenagers, 16, 17, college kids. There's a drive just there. Kicks off the wall down the left side. Clark sweeps around first and has to hold on. That ball was just there. Kicked off that abutment that juts out toward the foul line behind third base and kicked into left field. Yastrzemski came in holding Clark to a single. That's a play where the shortstop's got to move in a hurry, Phil. Yes, sir. Uh, they've got to be alert here with that way that wall kicked out there because the left fielder cannot get to it. Strange ball game. Each team with seven bases, but the Red Sox have made theirs count. Tommy Tresh, who walked and flied to center field. From the right side, hits a two-hopper foul, heading into the Yankee dugout, and there it goes. Right one. Jim Honachuk behind the plate, Jake O'Donnell, a rookie umpire at first, John Stevens at second, and another rookie, Bill Kunkel, at third. Ellsworth, the tall left-hander, delivers, and Tommy fouls it back. No balls, two strikes. Bill Kunkel and Jake O'Donnell were the two umpires who replaced the deposed Bill Valentine and Al Salerno, and this happened, oh, I guess ten days ago. So they're getting a taste of big league umpiring in the final stages of 1968. We'll come on as regulars in 69. Two-strike pitch. Oh, oh, that ball fooled Tommy. He went into it and almost got him. One and two to the count. Clark moving off first. Yankees trading six to one. The pitch to Tommy misses inside. Two and two. Ellsworth uh, gets ahead of these hitters with slow stuff, and then particularly the right-hander tries to slip that fastball in on the belt. So far, he has not been successful, but his intentions are very obvious. Here's a 2-2 pitch. There's one he got over the plate, hit in the center field. Reggie Smith is right there, under it. One away. Now Mickey Mantle. Mickey fly to right and walk. The walk to Mantle was his 106, 106, and he trails Jasinski, who leads the American League. Carl has 116. One out, Mantle is up there. He takes a curve outside, Clark at first. One ball, no strikes. Ellsworth again. Delivers, and Mickey hits it on the ground of the shortstop. Petroselli almost followed it to Andrews. The run back to first double play. Rico Petroselli almost blew it, but he came up with it. It went six. 4-3. The Yankees are out of there. That's the third double play for the Red Sox tonight against the Yanks. No runs are hit. Nobody left the score after four and a half. Boston six. Yankees one. Hi, fans. I want you to meet a friend of mine. The whiteout girl. You know, I've been expecting you. Of course. You always find me where the men are. Tell me something, then. Are there any rules in baseball you'd like to see changed? 
I think we ought to change the seventh inning's trap. How do you mean? Instead of stretching, everyone lights up a white owl. A white owl's more relaxing. Soothing. The tobacco does it. It's aged slowly, mellowed longer. But the seventh inning stretch is a tradition. So are white owl cigars. You see them everywhere. The stands are filled with them today. Just look around at all the ranges. Invincible. And New Yorkers. They're everywhere. Hmm. The seventh inning white owl. I think I'll write the commissioner about it today. Just think. All those men at the same time finding out you get a lot more from a white owl than just smoke. With Carl Yastrzemski coming on, we pause for station identification. Tonight, following Yankee baseball, join me, Jerry Ducey, on my telephone talk show, Nightline, here on WGY's Connection. Carl Yastrzemski, a home run, a fly to center field. He's one for two, batting at 303. That's 23 homers, 74 RBIs. Yes, facing Talbot. High top, left side. Bobby Cox will not get to this one. That one drops behind the Yankee dugout. Every at bat for Yastrzemski, vital. Two more base hits will just about put him over the top, unless he runs into one of those 17-inning ball games where he goes over eight. Carl takes a low. One ball, one strike. I've got kind of mixed emotions about Yastrzemski. I want to see at least one American League hit over 300. And he's got to do it. To do it, he's got to get base hits against the Yankees, and he got the home run tonight. Let's let him get them all tonight. Right, right. As long as we're behind five runs, and we'll hold them in from here. Two balls and one strike now. They have uh, four 300 hitters in the National League, and how about that Rose and Alou? They're 332 head-to-head coming into tonight's action. Left field, well hit. Roy White may get it. He can't get it. Another base hit for you, Strinsky. He drifts into second base with a double. Could just about put Yastrzemski over the top. Boy, he hit that one, Jerry. Kyle Yastrzemski on opening double in the bottom of the fifth inning. Now Ken Harrison walked in single. Before you since he got that double, he could have gone 0 for 7 and still held on to a 300 average, so that gives him maybe 0 for 9 now mm-hmm. with two games to go. Ken Harrison takes low, ball one. As soon as Bill Kane comes back, we'll bring you up to date on exactly where Carl Yastrzemski stands. Foul at second base. Boston six, Yankees one. Ken Harrelson, the batter. Harrelson leads the American League in RBIs with 109. And that's four ahead of Frank Howard. 
So Harrelson with a chance to pick up another one. Yasinski at second. Talbot. Set, delivers. Ken takes low. Two balls and no strikes. A lot of personal honors are up for grabs in these final few days, both in the American and the National League. Batting titles, RBI titles, and that batting race in the National League, a real thriller. No question about who will win it in the American. Yastrzemski will win it. It's a matter of whether he's over 300 or not. Here's a 2-0 pitch. It's outside. Three balls and no strikes. Three-and-0 to count. Ken Harrelson. High stirrups. Pulls those socks way up there. See a lot of white. He's waiting from the right side. Yastrzemski at second. Talbot unloads, and Harrelson goes after three and all and pops up. Foul territory. Frank Fernandez. I thought he was going to undress to get that one. He started throwing gear all over the place here. He got rid of his mask and his hat in separate actions that I expected the chest protector to come off next. He was really unloading. One away, Reggie Smith, double, lined into a double play. Reggie Smith, a switch hitter, batting from the left side against Fred Talbot. I think we're definitely going to get a chance to see that young left-handed here tonight, tumbling. He's up again. Yeah, that'll be fine. I'll give him a little chance to work and get some major league experience under his belt. Swing and a miss by Smith, strike one. Cox. Reggie Smith hit a bullet. Bobby Cox called it in. Here's Joe Foy who singled and walked. Drove in a couple of runs and scored a run. Talbot delivers, and he misses outside, ball one. Carl Yastrzemski at second. He opened with a double. Talbot, the right-hander for the Yankees, kicks, delivers inside, two and oh. Well, Carl Yastrzemski right now as he stands after the 2 for 3 that he's got tonight, can go 0 for 8 and still be a 300 hitter. And one more hit, I think, would just about put him in silver. Unless you get, as we mentioned before, an 18-inning ball game and he goes 0 for 8 or something like that. The 2-0 pitch, and Foy fouls it off on the left side into the Yankee dugout. Two balls, one strike. 
Carl Yasinski, incidentally, is hitting at 3.05 as of this moment. And he needs uh, one more, two more percentage points to beat the lowest all-time winning average in the American League. 3.06. All right, Elmer Fleck. Way back in the early 1900s. The 2-1 pitch. In there. 2-2. Two two. You know, Elmer Fleck is still living here, so... Uh, would be an interesting thing for him, I guess, to follow this. It's tough to be known as the fellow who led the American League with the lowest batting average, even though it's quite an honor. Yeah, but he's much more famous than other guys that have led it with much better averages. The 2-2 pitch now on the way. Boy, pitch low and outside, 3-2. and two. Outfield, infield, just about straight away. Robinson shading a little to the left and center. Joe Foy waiting. Talbot is a slow worker, as you know. Payoff pitch coming up. In the center field, well hit. Bill Robinson coming in right there and makes the play. The ball was hit solidly. Robinson was there to take it. So the leadoff double by Yastrzemski goes down the drain, and after five full innings of play, Boston six, the Yankees one. When you play Atlantics on the go, you play to win, and the prizes you can win are fabulous. Prizes like a new Camaro, a color TV, a mink jacket. But on the go has something else going for it besides big prizes. On the go is four times as exciting as other big prize awards because on the go gives you four ways to win. Each on-the-go coupon has four sides. Each side has a part of a different picture. Match any one of these four sides to another on-the-go coupon for a complete picture, and you're a winner. Lots of prizes, lots of cash. Easy to play, and no purchase is required to qualify. Just your driver's license. Except for prohibited by law, you can stop at any participating Atlantic station as often as you like to pick up another on-the-go coupon. Atlantic wants you to win, so get in on the fun and get in on the prizes. Or to put it another way, get on the go with Atlantic. Well, Jerry, you know, you brought up an interesting point about Yastrzemski, and it should be interesting on the last two days. It kind of parallels the great Ted Williams, except for a matter of 100 points. No, but what I mean was, remember the last day, Williams was over 400. They had a doubleheader at the old Connie Mack Stadium when the A's were there. And they asked Williams if he wanted to sit it out to make sure he'd hit over 400. And Ted, the great athlete of the A's, said, no, let me play. I think he got something like five or six hits in the doubleheader. Now, Yastrzemski could be the same way in the last two days of the season. And I hope they play him, and I'm sure he'll want to. In other words, if he doesn't play on Sunday, he could wrap it up for sure. Right. Okay, well, watch There's that. There's going to be a lot of comment about it, you know. Here's Roy White, who pushes one toward first. Ellsworth, he got him on a great play, and White says he didn't. Jake O'Donnell being rushed by White and Whitey Ford. And I have never seen White this mad in all of his baseball games. Boy, he's hot. Well, Jerry, I tell you, he, if he would have been tagged, he'd have felt it. And I thought it was up to Honeychick to call that play. O'Donnell was pretty well blocked out, it seemed to me, to see if Ellsworth tagged him or not. White, 
is one for two. And, you know, Roy is battling to get over 270, and there's a lot of difference between 269 and 270. Only one point, but it sounds different. Like 299 and 300. That's right. So Roy was upset. He was really visibly moved by that one. First time I've seen him that mad. Here's Bill Robinson. Takes a curve inside. Ball one. It was a fine play by Ellsworth getting to the ball and even making it close. Of course, we couldn't tell whether he was tagged or not, but White obviously did not feel anything, and he was jumping mad. Robbie fouls one to Frank Crescetti at third. On the short hop, he's got it. Well, we got a lot of old ex-infielders around tonight. Starting way back with jumping Joe Dugan, the old Yankee third baseman, Eddie Pellegrini on our right, Johnny Pesky, Jerry Coleman, Bill Rizzuto, Robbie now has one. It's a two-ball, one-strike count. One out. Yankees are trailing six to one. We're in the sixth inning. Bill fouls this back. Two balls, two strikes. Robinson is 0 for 2. Bounce to short. Line to right. Bill came into the game at 236. Six home runs, 37 RBIs. Right-handed batter facing the left-hand pitcher, Ellsworth. The next one on the way. Robbie fouls this one, and Frank very wisely at third base decides to let the fans have a shot at this one. I had a little more mustard on it. Count holds two balls and two strikes. Costco on deck. Robinson waiting. Ellsworth delivers. Left field. Yastrzemski coming on. He makes it a one-handed play. Again, Bill Robinson hit the ball sharply, and only in this ballpark would he have been out because of the shallow depth of the left fielder, Carl Yastrzemski. Andy Costco. Two out, nobody on. Curveball in there, strike one. They're always looking for right-hand hitters, Bill, and yet all the people that have led the league for the Red Sox have been left-handed. Williams, Runnels, Goodman, Yastrzemski. High fly, straightaway center, drifting under it. Reggie Smith on the track, and Costco is out of there. After doubling twice, he has finally retired. Three up and three down. There's four after five and a half. Boston six, Yankees one. Atlantic does more than keep your car on the go. Now, Atlantic may even give you the car. Free! They're giving away brand new Camaros plus other great prizes. Even cash up to $1,000. All you have to do for a chance to win these great prizes is play on the go. No purchase is necessary to win. Except where prohibited by law, any licensed driver can pick up an on-the-go coupon each time he visits a participating Atlantic station. And every coupon gives you not one, but four ways to win. If only one side of your coupon matches the picture on another coupon, you're a winner. That's why on-the-go is different. With four ways to win, it multiplies the fun as it multiplies your chances to make a match. So what'll it be for you? A new Camaro, a color TV, a mink jacket, or one of the thousands of other valuable prizes? Play on the go and see at any participating Atlantic station. Well, as you know, the uh, Yankees trailing right now by five, and as Jerry told you, it'll be a big ball game with the Minnesota at Oakland. 
Because should Oakland win, they will be in a flat-footed tie with the Yankees. Each one having 181 and lost 79, and each team with two games to play. And at fifth place is a big difference between finishing fifth and sixth. That's the difference in money or no money and a lot of prestige to go with it. Here's Petra Sally. He's been tough for the Yankee infield tonight. He's been up twice and both times errors have ensued on his at-bats. He fouls one back in the stand, strike one. Fresh made an error in the second inning and Petra Sally scored. And then in the fourth inning, he grounded a ball to Cox who made a spectacular catch, but Bobby threw it away. And that was the second error. The Yankees, one run, seven hits, two errors. Boston, six runs, eight hits, and no errors. But the Sully pops this one up where somebody can get to it. Horace Park looks like the man. He's coming in near the mound under it, makes the play. One away. Now Russ Gibson. Gibson, the catcher, fly to right and bounce to short. Boston, six, the Yankees, one. Meyer tomorrow, Bonson on Sunday. Yankees going with their two best. Mel shooting for a 20-second win. Oh, off the mask, I believe, of the plate umpire, Jim Honacek. He didn't even shake his head. Strike one. Talbot on the mound for the Yankees. Gibson at the plate, waiting. Fred fires a curve that is low and outside, one and one. One ball, one strike. Talbot ready again. The next one on the way to Gibson. Fouled off, strike two. One ball, two strikes. Ellsworth on deck. Talbot again to Gibson. Up the middle, a bullet. A sizzling single into center field for Russ Gibson. Dick Ellsworth getting a fine hand. It's the fourth hit off Talbot. The ninth for the Red Sox. Ellsworth getting a big hand. He's one for one with two RBIs. He got a big single in the fourth inning with runners at second and third. Foy and Petroselli both scoring on the single. One away. Ellsworth squares and pops a bunt back out of play. Cox and Mantle smothering Ellsworth. Talbot coming in. It'll be tough to get the runner Gibson over who's not a fast man. Unless Ellsworth should switch right now and try to go swinging away. But the way they're charging him, he'll have a tough time unless he lays down an absolutely perfect bunt to get Gibson to second base. Here they come again. Ellsworth squares, misses the bunt, and the run was on and safe at second base is Russ Gibson. The hit and run was on on an attempted bunt. And Gibson gets his first stolen base, and I believe Frank Fernandez was caught a little flat-footed on that one. 
Absolutely. Uh, he never expected Gibson to be running, and uh, gets a pretty good play with a slow runner. Got the bunt and run on. It's a two-strike count. Ellsworth waiting now at second base. Gibson, one out. Talbot delivers. Ellsworth takes low. One ball, two strikes. Last half of the sixth inning. Talbot ready again. Ellsworth at the plate. The one-two pitch. Strike three. Blaze the fastball by him. Swing and a miss. First strikeout for Talbot. Now Mike Andrews, the batter. Line to left, doubled and walked. Andrews, one for two. This youngster has come into his own. He's batting at even 270 before tonight's action. That one for two moves him up a little. Six home runs, 42 RBIs. Coming a solid sticker and a fine defensive player. He's waiting. The pitch to Andrews is low. Ball one. I have to say that Andrews is the best second baseman the Red Sox have had since Bobby Dork quit. That goes back to the early 50s, though. He has surprised me, and I'm quite happy he's a wonderful boy. But, you know, I for a while I was kind of worried. I didn't think he'd be strong enough to play every day. He's a lot bigger than you realize. Uh-huh. He was about 6'2 or so, 185 pounds. There's a check swing. Ball two. I thought uh, early last year he was very awkward and seemed to get his feet tangled a lot. Uh-huh. But, uh, gee, he smoothed out nicely, and I'm sure that the help of that coach at first base, Bobby Doerr, has been invaluable to him. Two balls, no strikes. Andrews waiting at second base. Gibson. High and tight. Andrews almost going down. Three and oh. Boston six, Yankees one. Two more days of baseball, Saturday and Sunday. And then it's all over for the Yankees and the Red Sox. And the only two other clubs in baseball that will be doing anything, the Tigers and the Cardinals opening up in St. Louis next Wednesday. Right in there. Strike one. Three balls and one strike to Mike Andrews. The controversy rages before the battle. How good is Detroit? How good is St. Louis? How good is Bob Gibson? How good is Dennis McLean? It'll all be resolved very shortly. 3-1 pitch coming up. Talbot delivers. Andrews fouls it off. Three and two. Indians leading the Orioles one to nothing. They're in the ninth inning. That's the final game of the year. Oh, wait a minute. That's the final score now. Cleveland beat Baltimore two to nothing. McDowell the winner, Nelson the loser. That puts Sam McDowell over the 500 mark at 15 and 14. With a great earned run average. Playoff pitch coming up to Andrews. Foul back. That means that if the Red Sox win tonight, they still have to win another one to clinch third place. Cleveland 
will miss one of its 162 games. They're rained out, and they can't make it up. So they have played a 161-game schedule this year. Talbot again to Andrews. Hit the left field, and it's fair. Scored, and there it goes. A home run for Mike Andrews. Mike Andrews makes it to Red Sox 8, and the Yankees won with a two-run shot. His seventh of the year, RBI's number 43 and 44. And more and more, the young second baseman for the Red Sox is making his presence felt in the American League, and in particular with this ball club. Here's Dalton Jones, 0 for 3. Jones lined to right, struck out, bounced into a double play. Takes low and outside, ball one. waiting from the left side. Talbot delivers. Two and oh. That has been tattooed pretty good. He's given up five hits. And four runs since he came on on the fourth. Jones takes inside. Three and oh. John Cumberland, left-hander, still throwing in the Yankee bullpen as Jones takes strike one. Looks like Cumberland will be coming on. Talbot is the scheduled third batter in the seventh. Jones hits one to left-center field. Back on the running track is Roy White. He's under it. He's got it. The side is retired. For the Red Sox, two runs on two hits, nobody left. The score after six full innings of play, Boston eight and the Yankees one. Now a quick look at the scoreboard. Cleveland beat the Orioles two to nothing. It was two runs, eight hits, no errors for the Indians. No runs, four hits, and two errors for the Orioles. McDowell got the win, Nelson the loss. Senators won, the Tigers won. It's the bottom of the sixth inning. Coleman against Farmer, relieved by Hiller in the fourth. Cash at a home run for Detroit. Chicago at California. Minnesota at Oakland. That's the big one as far as the Yankees are concerned. And we won't get word of that until very early tomorrow morning. In the National League, the Mets two, the Phillies one. They're playing the fifth. Giants lead Cincinnati one to nothing. They're playing the fifth. Cubs beat the Pirates four to one this afternoon. The winner, Holtzman, the loser, Moose. Clint Denon had one for Pittsburgh. Dodgers, two. Braves, nothing in the sixth. Houston failed to score top of the first. They're playing the Cardinals in St. Louis. Bob Gibson going for his 22nd in that ball game. And now with the Red Sox leading 8-1, to one, we're moving into the seventh inning. And now to carry it to the wire, the scooter, Phil Rizzuto. Hi, Jerry, and Dick Ellsworth will be pitching to Frank Fernandez, Bobby Cox, and then a pinch hitter for Fred Talbot. The Yankees trailing 8-1. to one. 
some of the crowd booing a little bit. Two young girls, first time I've ever seen that, jumped over the railing, ran out, and shook hands with Ken Harrelson out in right field. They couldn't have been more than 10 or 11. And that's where you're not allowed to do it. They're being escorted out of the ballpark. All right, here's Fernandez. Single to left and struck out. Ellsworth's pitch is line foul back in the seats out of play, strike one. So, big Frank Messer comes over and takes the seat vacated by Jerry Coleman. Frank, good to see you again. Phil, good to be here. Just sitting over there in the uh, next area talking to Eddie Pellegrini. Yeah, we were mentioning about Eddie being here and Pesky and Joe Dugan. There's a swing and a miss, strike two. And you know, you were kind of a prophet. I heard the last day when you and Jerry were talking about this series up here, and you would... Well, wait, left of this pitch, I'll tell you. Curve, bounce to third. Boy, gets the big hop. Fires to Dalton Jones, and it's one up. Glad to say, you were talking about all the great pitching, and uh, Jerry was mentioning shutouts, and you said, well, I think there's a better chance of the two teams scoring ten runs in a game than there is of a shutout. But right now, there's nine runs that have been scored. They're just not very equally distributed. I know, that's right. No, I think this is an awfully tough part to pitch a shutout. Hi, Bobby Cox. This one deep to left field. This could be a fifty. Never turn. And the ball is in the screen, and I've never seen that. Yasrinski just stood there in his track. As soon as the ball was hit, never turned around. The ball went halfway up in the screen. And Bobby Cox gets a home run. The Yankees now are trailing 8 to 2. For Cox, his seventh home run of the year in his 40th RBI. Yastrzemski knew it with that short torch in left field. The ball was really tagged by Bobby Cox. And the batter now, Dick Hauser, hitting for Fred Crowder. Hey, Yastrzemski knows this left field out here, Phil, like a kid knows the sandbox in his backyard. It's a good way to put it. He can play him off the wall. He knew that one was over the wall. He's great out there. Gets a lot of assists. All right, Dick Hauser, one ball on him. There's one out, nobody on here in the top of the seventh as the left-hander winds. His pitch is a little low ball, two, two, another. Horace Clark on deck. No manager feels safe, even with a six-run lead, no matter what inning in this ballpark. There's the strike to Hauser. All it takes a couple of men on, and then one over that short porch in left field. The 2-1 pitch is low ball three, three and one. So Dick Hauser with that good eye. He has 34 walks this year. Batting only 154, but he's gotten on base his share of times. Strike two as Dick was taken all the way and nicked the inside corner. Three and two. One out, nobody on. Here's the payoff pitch. Swing and a line drive to center. Reggie Smith pulls down, gets up, makes the one-hand catch. Fine reflex action by Reggie Smith as his feet slipped out from under him. But he was able to put his hand on the ground, bounce back up in one hand. And right now on Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. This is Jerry Ducey. Stay tuned tonight following Yankee Baseball for my Nightline show here on WGY's Connected. Morris Clark takes a pitch outside, ball one. 
Harris is fly to center, single to center, and single to left. Two men are out. The pitch by Ellsworth is hit deep to left field. This one's going to be off the wall. Jastrzemski plays it, and Clark's going to be held to a long single. And just as Frank was telling you, the way that Jastrzemski can play that wall, if Clark and Gandhi have been out by 30 feet, Frank. Phil Jastrzemski played that ball off the wall in his bare hands. He wasn't going to waste that split second now. If he can do it, fine. I, we all like to see the fielders use the clubs. But uh, he evidently knew what he was doing. He took that bounce, and his bare hands spun around the same move, got rid of the ball. Well, that's an art to playing this left field up there. If you get a little too close to that fence, the ball bounces either right back on you or back over your head. Here's Tommy Trek. Swings and misses strike one. Tommy is over two. A walk, line to center, fly to center. Jastrzemski played that ball off the wall like uh, Harrelson plays a fly ball. <laughs> yeah, he one-hands everything out there, that's for sure. High clock at first base. He pitched the trash inside. Horace now with three base hits on the night. Yankees have nine hits and two runs. The Red Sox ten hits and eight runs. There's a foul to the left of the Yankee dugout. One ball, two strikes. Nick Ellsworth's been in there all the way. Lee Stang and Sparky Lyle, a right-hander and a left-hander, up in the Red Sox bullpen. The pitch is hit deep to left foot foul. Way back, over the roof. Tommy out in front of a fastball. And that ball hit the light tower and bounced back in the seats and then back out on the field. Jastrzemski picks it up, throws it into the crowd. And listen to the hand Jastrzemski gets. Oh, Carl can afford to be uh, generous. The pitch to Tresh, curve low. Two and two. I'm sure the Red Sox won't dock him out of his pay for that ball. I'm sure if they did, he could afford it. Oh, that's for sure. All right, the stretch. The pitch is line foul outside of third. Right through the hands of the fan back on the field. Bill Cockle up with it, but he doesn't throw it in there and listen to the boo. <laughs> Cockle very well couldn't do it. As you know, he has just been called up to the minor league. And he's getting uh, used to the treatment in the big league. All right, Ellsworth ready. The pitch is hit off the hands and high in the air, digging hard, and nobody can get it. Boy, and Russ gets it. And the youngster reached over and picked that one up off the ground. A little foul ball right off the fist that neither Joey Foy nor Russ Gibson could get to. So a break for Tommy Trek. It's two balls, two strikes, two outs. Eight to two. The Red Sox are leading. We're in the top of the seventh. Ellsworth ready again. His pitch, ground ball in the hole, base hit to left field for Trick. And the Yankees now with runners at first and second in the batter, Mickey Mantle. And here comes Dick Williams. And it's Darrell Johnson, the pitching coach, coming up. So it looks like there will be no change at this moment. 
Usually when a pitching coach comes out, he talks to the pitcher, gives the uh, relief pitchers a little more time to warm up, and then, of course, I'm wrong again. We're going to have a new pitcher, which is what usually happens when a pitching coach goes out there, Frank. You got to say, Phil, Dick Williams uh, is one manager who... Uh, Last year, very often, I know, did it the other way around. He would send Sal Magley out when he wanted a pitching change made. And uh, there was uh, no possible argument on the part of the pitcher then because, uh, you know, all Magley could say was, look, uh, the guys in the dugout, go talk to him, and by then the new pitcher's in. Uh-huh. So we're going to have Lee Stang, right-hander, coming on to pitch right now. Dick Ellsworth goes six and two-thirds innings. He has allowed only two runs, even though the Yankees have ten hits against him. And Lee Stang coming on. Well, while the pitching change is made, uh, said a moment ago, I was sitting over there um, talking to Eddie Pellegrini. And he told me something that he said he had never told you, and he always wondered whether you realized it or not. Pellegrini said that when he was playing against you, he was convinced that you tipped off the bunt when you were bunting for a hit. No kidding? He was telling me that uh, he had noticed you that when you were going to bunt, not to sacrifice now, you're bunting for the hit, you would raise your right elbow slightly. And he said that it always worked except one time. He charged out and he had a line drive and he said that uh, hit him in the right hand so hard that he couldn't throw the ball. He couldn't feel the ball to throw it. Son of a gun. You'd think he'd tell me. I mean, his name ends in a vowel, a paisan of mine, and he let me go through all those years, but evidently he didn't pass the word around to the other third baseman. Well, he said after you hit that line drive uh, at him, he wasn't so sure he was right after all. But he did. He said that uh, he was convinced that uh, there was a little motion of yours, just a little twitch up with the right elbow. You know, unless somebody tells you, you can go through your whole career doing something, tipping off a bunt, as you just said, or pitcher tipping off a curveball, as a lot of them do, with just a little extra motion that he does. And if nobody tells you, you're not aware of it. It was real interesting to uh, talk. Incidentally, uh, talking about uh, Ed Pellegrini, I'm sure a lot of folks uh, through his playing days in uh, the major leagues, a lot of folks probably know him and uh, are interested in what he's doing. He coaches in the spring at uh, Boston College here, and he's also in the real estate business. The crowd reacting a little differently now because the latest one to run on the field was a girl. Looked like I didn't have the glasses on. Looked like uh, she was about, uh, oh, maybe uh, 12, 13, 14 years old. She wanted to shake hands with Harrelson. Well, I tell you that Harrelson, he's the only outfielder or ball player who draws uh, the female out there. A lot of uh, kids run out, the mantle and other ball players. All right, here's Mickey Mantle batting left-handed for the first time tonight. Runners at first and second, two outs. The pitch by Lee Sang hit high in the air to shallow left field. Yastrzemski moves in under it. He's there, makes the catch. Go on one pitch, Sang gets out of it. But the Yankees pick up a run on three base hits. No errors and two men left. And at the end of six and a half innings, it's the Red Sox eight, the Yankees two. Here's baseball's favorite feathery fan, the White Owl Girl. Hi, Joe. Hey, you're at every ball game. You must really love the ball players. Well, I prefer the ones who smoke White Owl, like him. 
Over there, in the bullpen, warming up. Good man. Saved over a dozen games last year. He can play on my team any time. He knows how to take life big. Prefers the satisfying white owl New Yorker. The big cigar for the big moment. But he smokes them even when he doesn't win. There's more to life than baseball, Joe. Like what? Like knowing how to look good off the playing field. A white owl does that for a man. Take the tall, slim white owl ranger. I do. Just great. The right shape, the right taste. Or the mellow white owl invincible. The cigar that makes you feel that way. Oh. It just does. You know, you get a lot more from a white owl than just smoke. Have an opportunity to pitch for the Yankees. And uh, crowd here taking their seventh inning stretch. John Cumberland, who won a 10 and lost seven at Syracuse. He was uh, 10 and four up there. I believe he lost his last three decisions. He was telling us about it one time, Phil, said he was, uh, he was pressing because he knew he was being called up and he wanted so hard to win another uh, one or two or three ball games up there, that he said he thought he really pressed, and uh, as a result, his earned run average, which at one time was uh, the best in the International League, went up uh, a couple of points, and uh, he added those uh, late uh, losses. Now, John Cumberland's a youngster just in his uh, third year in pro ball, native of Westbrook, Maine, only 21 years old. He's a left-hander, and let's see what he can do. Be the first chance we've had to see him this year, Phil, in the Yankee uniform. All right, Frank, and look who he's facing. The leading hitter in the American League, Carl Yastrzemski, who's two for three tonight. And the pitch is high inside ball one. He did not swing. Yastrzemski homed into the Yankee bullpen in the first inning, fly deep to center in the third, and doubled off the left field wall in the fifth. So the young left-hander into the windup. Christy has a foul off the end of the bat, and it looked like Yaz lost that ball as he had swung around trying to pull it. It bounced down the third baseline foul. One and one. Stumbling sort of a stocky youngster. He's six feet tall, 185 pounds. And uh, Ralph Houck has said he is quite impressed with his, with his attitude and the way he wants to work. There's a curve check swing grounder. Cumberland has it on two hops, flips the mantle, one out. So, the first batter he faces in the American League, Carl Yastrzemski, gets him to bounce right back to the mound. And that's quite a debut for the young man. That's got to relax him a little bit. And right now, no breather for Cumberland. Here's Ken Harrelson. Harrelson has walked, singled, and popped to first base. The folks keeping up with the batting race, uh, Yastrzemski now 304. The only batting race is Yastrzemski against 300. Uh, he, he's uh, got the uh, batting title, I think. The pitch is a curve in there, strike one called a good curveball to the right hand hitting out. And as we've told you, left handers do not fare too well here at Fenway Park. You've got to have good stuff. Humbling winds again, kicks, delivers a change up line to left field, a base hit. A good pitch, but it did not fall Harrelson. He got it a little too high, and Harrelson lines a single to left. First hit off the rookie, and here is Reggie Smith. And a runner now for the Red Sox. 
George Thomas is running for Tim Harrelson. So Harrelson's being taken out of the ball game. The batter now, Reggie Smith. Thomas leads away. The pitch to Smith fouled out of play. Strike one. Reggie is double. Lined into a double play and line of 30. He's hit the ball hard all three times. Mantle holding the bag against Thomas. Cumberland stretches. The pitch is outside, one-on-one. Anxious to see what kind of a move young John Cumberland has to first base. And I'm sure Ralph Houck is, too. It's the time you like to look over the youngsters. The stretch, the pitch is a curve just outside. Two balls and a strike. Red Sox leading 8-2. We're in the bottom of the seventh inning. On deck, Joey Foy. Here's the stretch. It's deep to left field. This one is gone, I believe. In the screen, a home run for Reggie Smith. A high, towering fly that just hit clear the green monster and up on the screen. A two-run homer for Reggie Smith. And the Red Sox now lead 10-2 here in the bottom of the seventh inning. Reggie Smith is 15th home run, and he now has 67 runs batted in. Here's Joey Foy, singled, walked, and lined to center. Pitch to Foy, a curve high, ball one. So John Cumberland, in his first game in the big leagues, had some rough batters to face. Got by the toughest one, Yastrzemski, but couldn't get by Harrelson or Smith. There's a pitch low, ball two, two and up. Got to be a disappointing feeling for the young left-hander. In Yankee Stadium, that would have been a big can of corn, that high fly ball by Reggie Smith. But it's where you play the game. High with a fastball, three and nothing. Nobody on. 3-0 pitch right down the middle. Three balls and a strike. Rico Petroselli on deck. Here's the 3-1 delivery. It bounces slowly, but foul. The third, Eddie Popowski, one engine in the coaching box. Full can now on Joey Foy. Red Sox 10, Yankees 2. We're in the bottom of the seventh inning. Payoff pitch, bounce the third. Cox has the big hop. Fires to Mickey in time. Two away. And the batter now, Rico Petroselli. Rico reached on an error, singled, and popped the second. Rico has had his share of arm miseries this year. Right-hand batter chokes up a bit, bounces one foul outside a third, strike one. (laughs) 
Joe Conkle getting booed again, picking up the foul. Of course, he didn't throw it into the stand. A one-strike pitch inside, one-on-one. Russ Gibson on deck. Cumberland's 1-1 pitch is popped up to the right side. Horace Clark on the edge of the outfield grass is there. And he's got it. But the Red Sox come up with two runs on two hits. No errors and nobody left. And at the end of seven full innings, it's the Red Sox 10, the Yankees 2. Imagine yourself the proud owner of a sporty new Camaro or a luxurious mint jacket or a color TV. Imagining won't do it, but playing might. Playing Atlantic's on-the-go might just make your dreams come true. As you probably know by now, Atlantic is giving away lots of great prizes and cash, including Camaros, mink jackets, color TVs, Polaroid cameras, even cash up to $1,000. Just drive in at any participating Atlantic station and pick up a free on-the-go coupon. No purchase is necessary. Pick up another coupon each time you stop by. Any licensed driver can play, except where prohibited by law. Just match any one of the four sides to another on-the-go coupon and claim your prize. But remember, the more coupons you collect, the more chances you have to take home a new Camaro, $1,000 in cash, or one of the other big prizes. So start collecting coupons now and be a winner playing on-the-go at your participating Atlantic station. Well, we've got a couple of changes in the outfield for Boston. Floyd Robinson has gone into left field, and George Thomas has taken over in right field. So the outfield now is Floyd Robinson in left, Reggie Smith in center, and the right fielder, George Thomas. We have the official paid attendance figure for tonight's field, 28,796. A good crowd here at Fenway Park. And the Yankees now this year on the road have played before 1,282,759. Yankees still one of the biggest drawing cards in baseball. The Red Sox have already set a new attendance record, and they add to it with each ball game. All right, here's Roy White leading off against Lee Stang. Bouncer in the hole, base hit to right field for Roy White. Dalton Jones broke right towards the bag. He was the only one who had a chance to possibly field it. And Roy White gets his second base hit of the ball game. The first hit off Stang for the Yankees. Their 11th base hit of the game. And here's Bill Robinson. Bill has hit the ball hard, but has not had a base hit. Lined hard to left, hard to right. On deck, Andy Costco. They're not bothering to hold Roy White close at first base. Stretch by Stang. His ball is fouled back over the roof and out of play. One strike on Bill Robinson. Floyd Robinson in left, says Frank Cody. George Thomas in right, and Reggie Smith remains in center. Lindy McDaniel and Steve Hamilton loosening up now in the Yankee bullpen. Stang sets. His pitch, ground ball is short, could be two. Petroselli flips Andrews back to first, double play. Perfectly executed. That's the fourth double play by the uh, Red Sox tonight. 
three by the infield, one when Roy White fly to right field and uh, Horace Clark forgot how many out there were and was running from second trying to score on a fly ball to right field. He was doubled at second base. Here's Andy Cusco who's hit the ball hard tonight. Two doubles and fly deep to center. Swings and fouls the first one back, strike one. Andy wants the rosin bag from Frank Fernandez. We're in the top of the eighth. The Red Sox lead 10 to 2. This four double play is one of the big reasons why the Yankees have only two runs, because they have 11 hits. But the Red Sox have 12 hits and 10 runs. Foul back on the screen. Strike two. Nothing in two. Lee Stang in relief of Dick Ellsworth. The two-strike pitch. Swing and a miss. He got him on a low curveball. For the Yankees, no runs, a base hit, no errors, nobody left. And at the end of seven and a half, it's the Red Sox 10, the Yankees 2. Now at seven minutes before 10 o'clock, we'll take a look at the weekend weather for the Capital District. Chance of a brief shower or thunder shower tonight. The low temperatures in the 40s, mostly fair and cool Saturday and Sunday. The high both days in the low 70s. The low for Saturday night near 40. The rain probability 50% tonight, 10% Saturday and Sunday. And at 9 tonight, we have light rain, 60 degrees. Now, an important message from General Motors Acceptance Corporation. Whether you want a... or a... you can finance your car, car insurance, credit or life insurance through the General Motors dealer who uses the GMAC plan. All in the same place at the same time. Fast. Use the GMAC time payment plan. And if you can't make up your mind between a... and a... What about a... General Motors dealers have just about every kind of car you can think of. Well, looking out there, uh, Yankees have Ruben Amaro over at first base. And that's the only change. Ruben Amar replaces Mickey Mantle at first base. All right, Frank, here's Russ Gibson, who has fly to right, bounced to short, and single to center field. And he has stolen his first base of the year tonight. He's also scored a run. John Cumberland ready. His pitch is low, ball one. Cumberland, the fourth Yankee pitcher tonight. Joe Verbanek started, and he was really bummed. Chris Peterson came on, and Fred Talbot, and now John Cumberland. Each of the pitchers have been uh, tagged for runs. There's a foul back out of play. On deck, Elson Hart, our old buddy. And it looks like he'll bat for Lee Stang. And Sparky Ryle, the left-hander, loosening up in the bullpen. Cumberland's curve is high. Two balls and a strike. And now, another youngster walks out to shake the hand of uh, the right fielder, Andy Cusco, this time. And unless he's chasing him, he tries to duck him, and he's tackled. And he 
gets away. And now there's three of them after him. And they all slip, but they bring him down. Well, there's been quite a bit of that going on tonight. This first time with any of the Yankee players on the field. But any time the Yankees and the Red Sox get together, anything can happen. Whether the Yankees are here at Fenway Park or the Red Sox down at Yankee Stadium. Many, many fans travel from one place to another to watch their favorite ball team. Cumberland decides to throw a couple of uh, pitches to loosen up while they're escorting the youngster out of the park. Couldn't tell if that one was a boy or a girl, Frank. I think it was a boy. He had, uh, had a jacket on with rams written across the back of it, and I don't think it's the Los Angeles uh, variety. He's laying down. That's oh, what he's doing. He's going to make him carry him, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's going to make him carry him off. A lie down in right field. Uh, well, that's the first time I've ever seen that. Oh, he's giving him a rough time, too. He's kicking. And, oh, look at him. That's the wrong thing to do. If you go peacefully, they might treat it as a joke, but if you get rough, then you could be in trouble. So now he is being led out through one of the ramps. And the game will continue. So Russ gets him with a count of two balls and one strike on him. Nobody out, nobody on in the bottom of the eighth, and the Red Sox leading 10 to 2. Cumberland's pitch is over. Strike call two and two. The 2 2 pitch. Curve in there. Strike three called, and Cumberland gets his first big league strikeout. And here is Elston Howard. Well, he gets a nice hand. And they're starting to stand up now for Ellie. Quite a tribute to Elston Howard. And Howard fouls the first pitch off strike one. It was suggested, Phil, in uh, the paper here today by one of the columnists that if Howard should make an appearance, he deserved a standing ovation. Well, he certainly received it here tonight. Cumberland's next pitch outside, one and one. The basis being that uh, this could be the last uh, time Elson Howard will ever come to bat in the major leagues. Nobody knows. And uh, it was a very nice story uh, going back to his years, his nine pennant-winning years for the Yankees in the last year here. Uh-huh. There's a bouncer off home plate. Cumberland loses his hat, gets the ball. Throws to first, and Howard is out of there. And Ellie gets another hand, hits his hat as he goes in the dugout. Ellie, by the way, was batting 243 on the year. Here is Mike Andrews. Line to left, double to left, walked and homer. Two out, nobody on. Cumberland's pitch is over. Strike call. <laughs> Two out. Left-hander winds. The curve is outside. One ball, one strike. 
On deck, Dalton Jones. The one-one curve is a little bit low. Two balls and a strike. Cumberland gets the sign from Fernandez. Fastball, low and away. Three balls, one strike. Red Sox 10, Yankees 2 here in the bottom of the eighth. The pitch is lined foul outside of third. Kicks off the wall out in the short left field. And right now on Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. Tonight, following Yankee baseball, join me, Jerry Ducey, on my telephone talk show, Nightline, here on WGY's Connected. All right, again, we'll have the 3-2 delivery coming up to Mike Andrews. Fumble and wind. His pitch is fouled back off the screen. So, Cumberland with a new ball has to do it all over again. He has good control for a left-hander. Again, a 3-2 pitch. Curve foul tip in and out of the glove of Fernandez. So, John Cumberland keeps throwing strikes, and Andrews keeps fouling him off. The pitch. Curve a little bit. Low ball four. First walk given up by Cumberland in the ball game, And here's Dalton Jones, who is 0 for 4 tonight. Find the right, struck out, hit into a double play, and fly to left. Ruben Amaro holds Andrews at first. Cumberland pitch, swing, and a foul back, strike one. Right off the mask of the plate umpire Jim Hunnichen. That must have been a strange sight, Frank. I was uh, listening to the foul ball that broke the mask of Bill Kunkel. Ripped the strap, took the mask right off his face, off his head. Didn't get uh, cut up a little bit, did he? No, nope, not very All right, Andrews leads away. His curve is high, one and one. Broke the strap, not the, not one of the bars. And just, uh, oh, the broke, strap of the mask. The force uh-huh. of the foul broke the strap and just uh, slipped the whole thing right off his head. All right, ready for the 1-1 pitch. Fastball popped in the air, shallow left field. Could be trouble. Tresh digging hard and makes Thompson. Thompson, a fair ball. Through to second and he gets by Clark. A run scores. Here's Andrews going to third. Rather, uh, Andrews scoring and going to third, Dalton Jones. And they're allowing Jones to score. Bill Thompson says Jones scores. A weird play, and let's see how they score that. A long run by Tommy Trace. He dropped the ball in fair territory. He tried to throw to second. The ball got by Clark. Andrews scored. And then uh, Dalton Jones came all the way around and score. How'd they score that, Frank? Well, it's going to be a double and an error, and let's see. An error will be charged to uh, Tresh on the throw. No error on his dropping the ball after the long run. They credit a double, an error on the throw, and when the ball uh, got through and rolled over toward the seat where it was picked up, 
Late umpire Jim Honachick said Jones should be allowed to score and not be held at third. Well, two more runs. That gives the Red Sox 12, the Yankees 2. And here is Floyd Robinson up for the first time tonight, and Yastrzemski's spot takes the ball. Well, the errors have cost the Yankees tonight at least three runs. They've made three errors. All have been costly. Bounce it at first. Tomorrow backs up. He's got it. Flips to Cumberland in time. There was no RBI on that play, by the way, but the Red Sox come up with two runs. One hit, one error, nobody left. At the end of eight full innings, the Red Sox 12, the Yankees 2. If you're not taking part in Atlantic's big fun event on the go, it's not too late to join in. You can win big prizes like a new Camaro, a color TV, a luxurious mink jacket, Polaroid camera, wristwatch, even cash up to $1,000. All you have to do to play is to stop in at any participating Atlantic station. Pick up a free on-the-go coupon. Except where prohibited by law, any licensed driver can play. And you don't have to buy a thing. Each time you stop by, pick up another coupon. Keep on collecting. The more you have, the easier it is to win. Each on-the-go coupon gives you four different ways to make a winning match. Just match any one of the four sides to another on-the-go coupon and claim your prize. There are thousands of prizes to win, so you can be a winner, too. Join the fun and play Atlantic's on-the-go. It's always been a good idea to keep on the go with Atlantic. And now it's a great idea to play on the go with Atlantic. The new pitcher for the Boston Red Sox will be Sparky Lyle, a left-hander. Elston Howard's uh, pinch-hitting efforts took Lee Stang out of the game. And now we see Sparky Lyle with a record of six wins and only one loss. This youngster has been in 47 ball games, has an earned run average of 2.83, and a very fine record of 6-1 plus 8 saves. Still, uh, this young fellow's had quite a season for himself. He certainly has. And uh, wasn't he the young fellow that uh, looked so good at the end of last year? Uh, did he get in the World Series at all? Uh... Yes, he did. Uh-huh. He pitched very well uh, late last year and did get uh, a World Series appearance. Uh... In case uh, folks are joining us for the first time and are wondering about that other ball game down in Baltimore, Cleveland shut out the Orioles 2 to nothing behind Sam McDowell on a four-hitter. Washington leads Detroit 3-1 to at the end of seven, and the West Coast game's not yet underway. Strange thing, both uh, Baltimore and Cleveland have concluded their uh, season's play. They have Saturday and Sunday off. Fernandez bounces one in the hole. Off boys glove in the left field for a base hit. Frank Fernandez gets his second base hit of the ball game. Joey Foy going far to his left had the ball hit off the tip of his glove, bounced over Petroselli's head in the left field. So on the first pitch by Sparky Lyle, Fernandez gets a base hit. And Bobby cocks the batter. And on deck, Charlie Smith, who will bat for the pitcher, John Cumberland. Bobby Cox is two for three, a single and a home run, high and deep on the screen in left field. Bobby also hit into a double play his first time up. Red Sox leading 12-2, top of the ninth inning. The pitch by Lyle is inside ball one, and Sparky thought he had the inside corner on that one. Stretch by Lyle. His pitch is low ball two, two and nothing. 
Frank Fernandez at first base here in the top of the ninth. Nobody out. Kyle Reddy delivers a foul to the left of the plate. Great player by a youngster in the first row of the box seat. Lyle Reddy. His pitch is low. Three balls in one strike. Some second thoughts on Sparky Lyle, Phil. I don't believe he did get into a World Series team after uh-huh. all. Huh? All right. There's a pitch low ball four. And so Koch goes to first, Fernandez to second. There is nobody out. And Charlie Smith batting for John Cumberland. Yankee Sherrill throws it two. Charlie batting 232 on the air. Runners at first and second. Nobody out. Red Sox have four double plays in the game. Pitch to Smith is a curve in there. Strike ball. On deck, Horace Clark. Miles pitch a bounce to the third base, but foul. Joey Foy in back of the bag up with it. Nothing in two. Yankees have 12 hits, but only two runs. Red Sox have 13 hits and 12 runs. Nobody out in the top of the ninth. Wild stretches. Swing and a miss at a breaking pitch. He strikes out the pinch hitter, Charlie Smith. And now Horace Clark, who is three for four. Horace slides to center in the first inning, then got three straight base hits. Single to center and two to left field. On deck, Tommy Trent. Fernandez, Sparky Lyle. Checks Fernandez that second. His pitch is a check swing and a slow ball one. Runners lead off first and second. Lyle delivers ground ball. A short could be two. Petroselli to Andrews. Back to first. Double play. The fifth double play of the ball game for the Red Sox. And for the Yankees, no runs are based in the is one man left. The ball game is over, and the final score, the Red Sox 12, the Yankees 2.